of the program is underway. It is Sportsnet Today. Live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. For Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, Crack Foundation, Boeing Foundation walls. They have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement-y. Visit them at dlbasementsystems.com. Hour one in the books. Just finished up a chat with our pal Adnan Verk, our Thursday regular here on Sportsnet today. Lots of baseball chatter. We'll get more into the Toronto Blue Jays in a little bit, including a review of Taylor's Kevin Biggio predictions. Did she get them right? Did she get them wrong in a 6-1 Jays win over the Yankees? Stamps report coming up with Patty Dumas. Also in hour one, we heard from Mackenzie Weger. Broke down some of the lines and D pairings that we saw on day one of on-ice sessions at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome for Calgary Flames 2023-2024 training camp. Lots more Flames audio coming your way in just moments, including new head coach Ryan Huska, who spoke to the media after his first few on-ice sessions as this team's head coach, Huska, coming up in just moments. Also, Elias Lindholm, Michael Backlund, Jacob Markstrom, all still to come as our two rolls on. We're kicking off. Let's head back to the Scotiabank Saddle Dome and hear from the new head coach of the Calgary Flames, Ryan Huska. His first opportunity to chat with the media since training camp began. It's his first time running an NHL camp as the team's head coach. Lots to get to with the Flames. New head coach and uh, bench boss. Here's Ryan Huska addressing the media earlier today at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. We'll just start off with uh, you know, the news of the day with you know, Oliver Shillington's absence. I spoke about the fact that one thing you can really do for him is just offer your support. Can you just tell us what, what, what you learned today? Yeah, well, same as you guys did. I mean, I know the team put out a statement this morning, and um, I don't really have any more information than that. Um, so I'll probably leave it at that for now. And when there's more information from us, we'll for sure bring it forward. But um, the team did release that statement this morning. Tell us what, what you saw in that top line that, that everybody's going to be talking about with Sharon Govich with the, the two big boys. Um, I, I would say that first group, I liked the energy that they had. That was a good skate. Um, I think that was one of the, the skates where they've been waiting to get on the ice together for a long time. And... I, you know, anyways, I think the pace is really high. That line in particular today, uh, he brings a different dynamic to our team. I think a little bit because of the way that he's been taught to play the game uh, in New Jersey. They always play a, a faster pace of, of game, and I think that's kind of ingrained in him a little bit. Um, and when you put him with Elias and, and Hubie, there's different pieces that work well together, or we at least hope they may work well together for us, and we'll, we'll continue to give them a chance, and, and hopefully we see some chemistry. There were some nice plays they made today, um, and hopefully that'll translate into some good things for us. Uh, as a coach, Gabriel uh, Lindholm, that seems like one of the pairings that people are hoping to see. Can you facilitate chemistry, or how, how does a coach affect chemistry? I, I think you can, to a, to a point, um, you can put them in situations, players that you, you think they would um, excel in. Um, 
but there also comes a point where it just becomes very evident that these two guys, for whatever reason, may not work together. So then you have to kind of shift gears. But giving them an opportunity, I think, is something that we'll look to do. You'll see different people with those guys in exhibition. I mean, that's going to be something you will see, whether it's a younger guy playing with Jonathan and Elias or maybe Jonathan playing with a, a different centerman along the way. So um, there's some different things that we're going to try. We want to try to find the, the best fit, the best mix that gives us the best chance to win. You mentioned that there does come a point where you just kind of have to conclude that there might not be that chemistry. They didn't play together for very long last year, but we did see Lindholm and Huberto uh, together a little bit at the beginning of the year, and, and then the team moved away from it. What, what gives you that belief that, that they can bring the best out of each other? Um, I see a, a top left winger and a top centerman. Um, and I think the other thing, when you have a right-handed centerman, there's a tendency always to go the direction of his left winger. So that's something that when you look at the two of them and their characteristics and the traits that they both bring, it kind of fits for us. Now, whether or not that holds true down the road, we'll see. But finding a guy that potentially can play with him, I think, will be an important factor for that line for sure. Not to double back on Yegor Sharangovich, but two seasons ago when he had a really successful season, it seemed as if he was getting a lot of his finishing done in the slot. I was just curious, if uh, well, what do you need to do in order to put him in that position where he can get back to that 20 goal season that he had two seasons ago? Well, part of that's on the player. Um, when you're given an opportunity to play with a passer, you want to put yourself in situations where you're available and, and ready to shoot. And I think that's a big thing for him. Like we know he can shoot the puck. Um, that's the reason why we're trying him or starting them, we're starting him where he is right now. And um, we'll try to give him some different things along the way in regards to what they can do off the rush and in zone. But then a lot of it falls on his shoulders. He's got to do a really good job of finding some open ice and open space and then figuring out how Jonathan likes to move the puck and what Elias likes to do on the ice so he can find that early. And that's our that's our hope anyways for him. You have Mark Savard on your coaching staff as well. What's it been like working with him? We know about his offensive mind with Windsor. What's it been like in the early days getting to know his mind and, and what plays he wants to install? Yeah, really good. I mean, he's... Uh, he thinks the game quite a bit differently than um, I do. Um, Dan is the same. He's got offensive flair to him the way he played and thought the game. Kale's a little bit more like me. So I feel like we have a group that kind of balances each other out. So there may be an argument here and there about uh, we should do this. And then Kale and I may say not a chance. So I, I think when you have certain guys that balance each other out and bring different ideas to the table, you're going to eventually come up with the best solution. And that's what we're going to try to do. Was this any different for you today? I mean, you've been around this league a while, but was today different for you, and how so? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned before, over the course of the summer, I feel like I've had everything ready to go for two and a half months, and then every day I would lie awake in bed looking at the roof thinking, I'm going to change this. So every day it seems to shift. So when it finally comes, it's it's like first day of school, like you said, Eric. I mean, um, coaches were excited just like the players were today. And for me, that was no different. So it, it was fun coming to the rank for me this morning. I really enjoyed it, and uh, I want to see it continue to move in that direction. That energy and, and, and enthusiasm, excitement uh, that you were describing, like how contagious is that not only today, but as you kind of you know continue to use that to kind of power through training camp? Yeah. Well, Training camp's a funny animal. Like, there's a lot of older players that use it to find their game. There's a lot of younger guys that are nervous. Um, so you have all sorts of different bits of energy in the in the dressing room. But every energy, when used the right way, is good. Um, and that's what we've kind of challenged all of these guys with. Whether you're an older player, that this is time for you to try to get your game in gear, or a younger guy that's um, he's nervous. I mean, he wants to try to make an impression and make this team. We need it all. Um, but our job as coaches is to make them comfortable and get them to understand how to harness that to the um, to use to their advantage. That's a big thing. But the energy, enthusiasm, 
we need to have it. Uh, in order for our team to play the right way or the way we want them to play, there has to be some buzz and some life around our room, and that's going to be important for us. Saw Trent Cull out there. I have no, I'll be honest, I don't know if that's unusual to have the HL coach out there or not, but why did you want him with you? Um, for my time in the NHL, it's always been that way. Um, when I was in the American League, Bob Hartley was the, the coach here at the time, and he was the first practice. Um, you're coming on the ice, and I went to the first exhibition game with him. Um, and it's kind of held true all the way along for me. And I think it's a really good thing because you ask your American League guys to play the same way and have the same lingo that we're going to use with our players. So having him around all the time, I think, is a, is a, a real good thing for our group in general. But you, had, uh, you had McKenzie on the right today. We saw him play the left at different times last year. Do you, do you have a preference? Do you have a place where you'd like to see him this year? No, I, I, th I think with McKenzie... The big thing for him is the amount of minutes that he's going to play. I think he's one of those guys that plays better when he plays more, if that makes sense. So he's had some chemistry with Rasmus. He's had some chemistry with Chris. Um, he's also had chemistry with Nikita. So I, I think when we talk about forward lines and trying different people, you're going to see the same thing exhibition time too because it's always what's the best six we can put together and um, we know certain pairs work uh, we don't know if other ones do so those are things we're going to try to find out keeping in mind that you don't know the situation with Oliver going forward how does that impact your blue line as we're talking about it now for guys like Dennis Gilbert and you know Osterley and others so yeah. as we with the sensitive one uh, look at it from a standpoint of next man up mentality or how are you viewing this yeah I would and if I'm one of those players I mean you never want to see a, a teammate not partake in, in practice or games but it's also opportunity and it has to give you a little bit extra jump because now they know potentially and who knows how long it goes on for but we have uh, a spot that we need to fill um, so it gives those guys a little bit more life without a doubt so now it's we've talked before about opportunity to do something with it so there's Dennis plays a different game than Austerly plays um, so finding out how it works for our team is what's going to be important those guys kind of have to separate themselves now and that's what training camp's all about Ryan, are, how are you going to go about um, choosing a captain method and timeline? Yeah, um, we talked before that it would be something that we would um, look to do before the start of the regular season. Um, we've had leadership meetings already. We honestly, we feel like we have a, a bunch of guys that are are close to that role, and. Um, getting them together and understanding that it's not just the guys that eventually will wear the letters on their chest. Like they don't, their job becomes really hard unless those other guys in the leadership group support them. So um, we're going to look to have something done before we start the regular season, and um, we'll kind of go from there. But there's a lot of conversations. It's it's Craig, it's Don, it's our coaching staff, it's communication with our players. Um, it's a it's a really important role. Um, well, we have, we'll have different groups along the way. So um, one of them is a bigger group, I would say that, and then there will be some smaller ones as well. I, think, I, I don't think I'm making this up. I think some teams um, have actually had the players vote for a captain. I mean, would you do that? Um, for me, um, no. Um, junior, we did. That's something that we did. I think now it's, there's a lot that come into it, and, and that's why it's important that management is involved in it. Um, it's important that coaching staff's involved in it because at the, at the end of the day, we have to work with that guy or these guys on a daily basis. And it's also important that the players are involved in it. Uh, I mean, if you're putting someone in place that they want no part of, leading them along the way, then it doesn't make any sense. If we put someone that 
the players want and it doesn't work with us or the guys above, it doesn't make any sense. And that's why it's something that I think you um, you work together on for sure. I, I know we're talking about the letter specifically and the C, but but how confident are you in in that group as a whole? Whether it's it, you know it's one person at wearing the C or not, but just two <laughs> have in place as a leadership group. Yeah, I'm confident in the large group of them, and I think that's that's maybe the most important thing that whoever gets or whoever or whenever we decide on who the guys or guys are or guy or guys are. Um, they'll have the support from people around them because we do have a lot of good people in our dressing room. So that's something that we're excited about and they're excited about too. When Jonathan Gilberto talks about having this sort of swagger and confidence after the summer, I'm, I'm curious what you kind of look for in him and, and as part of that, how does a coach help sort of roll that confidence forward? Um, well, coach helps by putting him in situations where he feel like he can. He feels like he can help the team win. Um, and what I look for is a guy that's playing with some pace. And when he's making his passes or plays, he's completing most of them. Uh, and when you see a player doing that, uh, you know he's feeling really good about himself and his game. And that'll allow us to put him in situations where he can have a direct impact on the game. To my uneducated eye, it looked like Adam Klapka had a really nice tournament in Penticton. Yeah. Um, what, what do you want to see from him in camp? We have uh, like a number of guys that are all kind of competing, fighting for that same role on our team, and it's something that we feel has been missing a little bit. And if you want to call him one of the younger guys, he definitely fits that category. And that group of guys we look for, um, number one priority is to bring energy to our team. Um, if they can do that within how we're asking our team to play, then they stay in the lineup. Um, if they have a night or two or they're not quite where they need to be and what our team needs out of them, then they're out and someone else comes in. And uh, that's the way the game is now. They have a specific role to play, and Adam falls into that category. And I agree with you. He was very noticeable in Penticton. He had a very good tournament. We've noticed uh, there seems to be a bit of a change in the atmosphere here, and some of the players have remarked that and talked to us about it. I'm just curious from your standpoint as head coach how important it is to maintain a positive atmosphere for your guys. Yeah, it is. There is no doubt about it. I mean, it's any walk of life. If, if you enjoy going to work every day, your job is, is that much easier to do, and it's no different for these guys. I know sometimes I even catch myself that these guys are, are the best at what they do. Like, they just go and do your job, but um, they have bad days like everybody else, and it's important that they know when they come to the rink they're going to be pushed to get better every day, um, but they're going to enjoy being around each other, and that's what we have to create. And it's easy to say that now, um, but when everything starts to get going for real and when we go into a stretch where we face a little adversity, that's the challenge, and it's the challenge for coaching staff to make sure we stay status quo, and it's our challenge to our players that, hey, if we're in a little bit of an situation where things aren't going our way we're staying the same because eventually good people in the room they'll pull themselves out of it head coach ryan huska addressing the media after the first on a sessions of the scotia bank saddled him today his first chance to be running an nhl training camp and lots to get to there not much more information on the oliver shillington situation didn't expect much coming from huska in that respect either changes to the blue line how they'll adjust all of that and more uh, in what was a really informative first chat with the head coach at training camp. But when we come back on the other side, we'll hear from more members of your Calgary Flames on day one of training camp. Also, got a stamps report to get to, and we have to give Taylor a report card on her Cavan Biggio predictions. That will close out the show next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, lots to get to as we close out the second hour of Sportsnet today. Here from a couple more members of the Calgary Flames following the first on-ice session at the Scotiabank Saddledome. 
Going to get you caught up on the Calgary Stampeders with a stamps report. And we'll close things off with a report card for our producer, Taylor Dingman, on her Kevin Biggio predictions from last night's win over the New York Yankees for the Toronto Blue Jays. And we'll look ahead to tonight's matchup as the Jays look to finish off this series with another win. Quickly trying to pull up the lineup and see if Kevin's in tonight. He is, and he's batting third. Is he? Wow. Okay, so we got another round of uh, Taylor's picks coming up uh, this segment as well, so stay tuned for that. Let's uh, head back to the Scotiabank sound, though. Hear from Jacob Markstrom. Flames goaltender coming off a down year last year, no doubt. But one of the happier, smiling faces at training camp today. Jacob was having fun with the media. He seemed to be in a much better place and seemed to uh, just be one of those guys that's talked about this new environment, the new culture with the Calgary Flames. Certainly seemed to be benefiting from that, uh, at least early on. Let's head back to the Scotiabank Saldome. He was the first one on the ice for practice this morning, and he spoke to us in the media after that on-ice session. Here's Jacob Markstrom after day one of training camp. How was the summer? How, was there anything different? Just how did you approach the past few months? Uh, yeah, we had a baby. So that was, uh, <laughs> I, mean, I, think, I think, the biggest change of uh, the summer from before. But, no, uh, obviously, training-wise, uh, body feels really good and felt good all summer. And, uh uh, you know, really excited to come back here and, and see everyone, and, and nice to to get the camp started. You get much sleep at all? Yeah, uh, I sleep great. Jacob, <laughs> <laughs> we've heard so much about a culture change here at, at the Saddle Dome. Are, are you feeling it here on day one of camp? Is, is there a different energy? Uh, I mean, it's. I think everybody is excited to come back and. Everybody want to play and, and for the games to start, so so it's a it's a great great feeling in the room, and I think everybody realized that we got to come together, and you know uh, there's jobs to be taken, and people are pushing from from underneath, and you know with the Wranglers' success last year, and you know some high high draft picks and you know other draft picks, so so there's spots to be taken, and there's uh, you know uh, a whole new competition out there, so it's it's really good for us. If you if you kind of go back to the end of last season in terms of you talked about wanting to kind of flush it so how does that process start in the off season how do you start to kind of turn that page uh well uh, i don't go back i go i look forward and you know it's uh we got a great group and uh, uh you know great staff and a great organization the flames the fans everything is awesome and i think we need to enjoy it and uh you know look forward look ahead and uh, you know not look in the rear mirror Craig talked a lot this summer about you driving. I think you said an hour to do work with a goalie coach. How, how exactly was your summer? Like, can you take us through that part of it? Just woke up, grab a coffee, some breakfast, <laughs> got in the car, drove, put my gear on, skated, felt great, drove home, kissed the baby, changed the diaper, went to bed. How was, how was the coffee? Awesome, strong, yeah, yeah. strong. strong. Yeah. <laughs> I hear from Swedes, it's not strong enough here. No, no, we we brought some coffee over, so <laughs> needs to needs to get the real stuff. New goalie coach or same one? Uh, no, same one. So uh, you know, I've been working for him both on the ice and off the ice, and uh, uh, you know, we had some stuff we we gotta clean up and uh, had a good summer. 
one of your buddies Elias is going into the final year his deal are you whispering it to him to re-up or has a guy like you approach a teammate that's in that spot uh, I'm excited that you know he's putting on the flames jersey today and you know he's going to do it again tomorrow and for a long time uh, so you can't look too far ahead and you know obviously he's an unbelievable player but uh, it's uh, you know there's a business part and there's the personal part and there's the, the hockey part but you know he's here he's committed to be here and he you know he enjoys coming to the rink and he, he loves Calgary but you know it's it's uh, up to him and it's up to the Flames uh, what direction so I can't really you know affect it anyways then you know give him a nice Swedish coffee. <laughs> From a team perspective, is the excitement coming into a new year just the fact that it's turned to September and it is a new year, or is there some extra excitement from the group knowing it's a new head coach, it's a new GM, that sort of thing? Uh, I think it's because, uh, you know, embarrassment, disappointment. But, you know, I want to look forward, but, you know, those two words, I, th- I think, show up in a lot of guys' uh, uh, head and mind uh after the season but you know we're looking ahead everybody one is excited and you know there's a little jump in everyone's step and uh, you know guys are looking good out there and look good yesterday in the in the physical testing as well so so everyone's excited Jacob how different will it be having a captain on this team this year and what type of effect do you think that'll have uh um, for us as a group it's uh you know it's uh, it's hard to say but uh I think we you can have like five six captains in this room and you know if they're going to wear a C or not a C. I think uh, the outcome in the room is going to be the same. It's more of the the outlook and uh, you know a little bit more responsibility for you know talking to media and all that stuff. But in the room, I think we have you know half the team can put the C on and and wear it with pride and and uh, represent the Flames both uh, both uh, on the ice and off the ice. Just talking to uh, Jonathan about this summer and like you, he didn't have a season they wanted last year he turned to some mental health this year like with psychologists and did you change anything up that way did you see anyone to talk about talked a lot of baby language this summer and it helped <laughs> you know baby clark is a great therapist and you know he helped me through a lot Jacob markstrom having fun with the media following the first on a session for the flames today a new dad in the off season you can tell he loves talking about uh his new son mentioned at the end there his baby's the best therapist he's got uh it was great to see jacob beaming and, and smiling again wasn't a lot of that last season for a lot of people but jacob takes it so seriously he's so hard on himself it just wasn't a lot of that and you can tell his teammates love seeing him like that he's a completely different guy when he's uh feeling good about himself and hopefully there's more of that to come uh for jacob marshall would certainly be a good thing for flames fans uh, if that uh, bounce back from Jacob happens in net, uh, he was down last year, but overall it's been a very good start, or not a start, but a couple of years in, in Calgary for Jacob Markstrom. They could certainly use him to get back to form. Uh, mentioned in there, you know, we've heard a couple of times now in these scrums about the future of some of the players in the locker room, namely in Elias Lindholm. He spoke to the media once again today. We know he spoke previously last week at the uh, Flames Golf Tournament and wasn't exactly enjoying the line of questioning about his future. Uh, A lot of that continued into today. More on training camp and some of the other things going on with Elias right now, but a lot about his future, knowing that it's still undecided as training camp got underway today. Here's Elias Lindholm at the Saddle Dome a little earlier this Thursday. 
Elias, day one on the ice here. Uh, I wonder just playing with the likes of Jonathan Rupidot and, and maybe even Sharon Govich, but just early impressions as you get a chance to get things moving. Yeah, obviously, you know, he's been here for a year now, and, and uh, obviously Shara is uh, he's new, and, you know, he's been looking good. Uh, I've seen him a couple times now, and even before camp, he's, he's fast, make, like to make plays, and uh, has a good shot, so, uh, you know, it's uh, it's fun. Uh, it's been fun, uh, fun first day, and, and obviously we had some... You know, kind of early to say, but uh, yeah, a couple times we were, we were connected well out there, so it's uh, it was fun. It is only day one, but what's different about this year? I don't know. I I, I mean, uh, I put the, put last year behind behind uh, us all, but uh, I mean, uh, you know, everyone is, you know, had a good summer, um, you know, long summer, but uh, you know, coming back with a lot of energy and you know, everyone's been home and, and uh, recharge and, and uh, you know, everyone's in good mood. So uh, you know, uh, it's just fun to be be here and, and uh, had the first one uh, first day out of the way. We just, we'd, we'd heard so much about a culture change, and it does seem, you know, talking to Hubert and Weaver, they said guys do seem excited, and you're getting that sense as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, everyone is excited for a new year, a uh, new season, and, and so on. So, um, um, I mean, obviously, last year is it, it was uh, what it was, but uh, you know, we put that one behind us, and, and uh, everyone's ready to 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 have a big year. Just on your future, I know we asked you a few days ago. Any any updates on that and the contract talks or anything? Uh, I mean, we talked early on in summer, and uh, that was the last time we talked, so uh, hasn't been much. Are you? Would you allow your agent to talk during the season, or would you rather that not happen? I mean, it, it will be handled, and it's uh, it will be time for that. But uh, for now, I'm just focusing on the on the season and, and try to make the most out of it, and, and you know, try to help this team win as many games as possible. Last though, I think Flames fans would want to know, you know, what the chances are of you being a Flame long term. What would you say to them? Like I said uh, last week, uh, you know, I've been pretty clear, with, you know, about it, and and uh, you know, uh, I'm not the only guy in this position with one year left on my contract. So, you know, it's a big decision for for both parts, and and you know, it will take time. What, what goes into that decision? It's beyond money. Like, what 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 does a guy go through? Is it family stuff? Like figuring out where you want to live? Like, what goes into that decision? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Like I said, I've been I've been clear with uh, with what I want, and and um, obviously there's a lot of parts that plays plays into it. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna leave it that. Uh, when it comes to playing with Hubert, you know, you didn't play much with him late in the year last year. So what what do you have to do to sort of develop chemistry together? Uh, yeah, I mean it's. Uh, <laughs> That's a that's a tough question to ask. I mean, um, you know, it's um, you know, obviously he's, he's a really good player and and obviously an elite playmaker. So um, usually when you you know when you play with a guy like that for for myself, it's 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 easy and and you know we we only cl- uh, played a couple couple games last year and and uh, you know uh, you know so far it's uh, I like playing with Hubie and and um, obviously. You know, last year didn't go the way he wanted, but uh, I think uh, you know he's he's ready to have a big year, and, and uh, I think he will. Just on the ice, the last X's and O's wise, have you noticed a huge difference in how the forwards are going to play now compared to a season ago? Say that again. Just X's and O's wise on the ice purely, have you noticed a big difference with what the forwards are going to do on the ice this? Uh, uh, it's kind of early to say, but uh, you know the D zone is going to be different for 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 everyone and and so on. So. Uh, that's that's about it. That's that's all all, uh, all I know so far. So uh, the this one's going to be different. So that's it. <laughs> we, we know you're really good buddies with Jacob. Do you see any different 
maybe not different. What what sort of fire do you see uh, in him as he gets ready for a new season? Yeah, he's uh, you know he's uh, he looks good. I mean, uh, obviously, he's like uh, in in a lot of uh, a lot of guys same position. You know, you want to come back and have a big year and and you know redeem yourself a little bit. So um, you know, he had a good summer, worked out hard, and, and uh, been looking good so far on the ice. So uh, I think he's as well. Uh, he's gonna have a big year. Elias Lindholm not providing many more answers about his future with the Calgary Flames today. Back focusing on his performance, what he can control. Day one of training camp on a session saw him centering a line with Jonathan Huberto and newcomer Yegor Sharon Govich. We're going to switch away from hockey for a little bit to close out the program. Got to get this in. Stan Peters, a couple days away from a matinee affair at McMahon Stadium against the Montreal Alouettes. It's week 16 of CFL action coming up on Saturday with your latest on the Calgary Stampeders this Thursday. We turn it over to Patrick Dumas. This, this is the Stamps Report with Patrick Dumas. A little under 48 hours until kickoff between the Calgary Stampeders and the Montreal Alouettes. And Thursday was the Stamps' final full day of practice before Saturday's game. And the club got some good news as defensive back Trey Roberson returned to practice after missing Tuesday and Wednesday's session. Coach and GM Dave Dickinson providing a minor update on Trey. He's not quite back, but uh, feeling closer and closer. So we'll uh, make the determination how we can best fit it. But uh, thought at least it was good to see him out there. So good to see number 31 back out there in some capacity, but if Roberson is unable to work in, look for Julian Charles, who's coming off the one-game list earlier this week uh, to get the start at field side corner. Outside of that, the rest of the defense is looking relatively healthy with the rest of the secondary looking like Brad Muhammad at one halfback spot, Nick Taylor at safety, Kobe Williams at the other half, and Jonathan Moxie at his traditional boundary side corner spot. From news on one tray to another tray, Odom's Dukes, who was a healthy scratch the last couple of games, found himself working with the number ones in practice as well. Markeith Ambles pulled up uh, with something in his knee. Here's Coach on the receiving core. Yeah, I mean, Ambles, uh, unfortunately, had stepped away. So um, uh, today his knee was sore and trying to figure that out. Um, you know, both have practiced. I'm, I'm confident in our receivers group. Um, so... Uh, we're not real super deep there. We're not super deep at receivers, so the guys have had to do some scout team. I mean, it's tough when you're working with the ones and you're running the scout team. So we got to get the guys uh, play physical, uh, play fast, make plays when they're there, and um, feel like we got enough playmakers to do that. So something to certainly monitor with the injury report comes out later on Thursday is the status of Marquis Ambles. But as Dave mentioned, he's got confidence in this group and another guy that could add confidence in the receiving court is Tommy Lee Lewis who we are still waiting to see break out return to practice as well this week and he had some good news happen to him as coach Dave mentions here so he got here late this week um just want to make sure he congratulated me he's having a baby um I believe he's having a baby girl uh, so you know that you know wasn't here for the first day as well so kind of had a few distractions and what I'm mainly just telling the group and still today is just do your part, come in focused, uh, when your number's called, control what you can control, and let me kind of handle the, the rest of that situation. So uh, more, yeah, but I mean, as a receiver, you're so dependent on whether or not the ball comes your way, opportunities. So uh, I thought he's done a nice job all year. 
So congratulations to Tommy Lee Lewis on the birth of his daughter, and maybe he can get into the end zone for them on Saturday. And that TD could come in the form of a punt return, as that's where Tommy Lee makes his living, and Coach providing on what he's seen from this special teams group on the punt return, and something Montreal does very well, cover kicks. It takes all 12. I mean, uh, there's been some great plays, and then we've had some things that were close, but it takes all 12. That means he got to do his part, but everyone, the other 11 have to do their part as well. Um, I will say Montreal's got an amazing special teams unit. Uh, they cover kicks super well. We did have some nice uh, punt returns more in that first game against them, but they're strong, they're fast, uh, they've got big people. So it's going to be a big challenge for us, and hopefully we're up to it. Something I'm sure Mark Killam has talked about with this group. What about the opponent, the Montreal Alouettes? This is a team that defeated Calgary back at the end of July in a really weird game that was interrupted by a weather delay. And overall, it was an absolute slog getting into the end zone for both clubs. And Coach Dickinson believes that they could be in for another tight contest on Saturday afternoon. I think their only touchdown, I know one of them was on a pick six. They might have just had a bunch of field goals yeah, as well. It was a, uh, it was two evenly matched teams, and uh, they, they made the, the, the extra plays. You know, stopping us. Uh, they won the turnover battle, and uh, so I do think it's going to be one of those games again. But I mean, that doesn't mean it's going to be field goals. Um, it'll be, in my opinion, the game just as always kind of flows the way games flow. We don't know that, but I know it'll be close. And uh, like I said, I'm just looking forward to the opportunity. And a look at this Alouette squad. After that 25-18 win over the Stamps at the end of July, Montreal then proceeded to go on a four-game winning streak, and then. They did the complete opposite, lose four in a row, three of which quite handily. And in the standings, this one is huge for a couple of reasons. Montreal is battling with Hamilton currently as they are tied for second place with a 6-7 and seven record. So if that crossover comes into effect for Calgary, that fourth-place team in the West needs to be ahead of that third-place team in the East on points. The Stamps are four points back on Montreal and Hamilton, who both have 12 points. So this week and next week, Calgary plays these two teams, and that could potentially be battling with for that crossover spot as the Stamps also find themselves four back of Saskatchewan for third in the West Division. Obviously, that's the easiest route to the playoffs, but it starts on Saturday with trying to pick up what's looking like a must-have spot depending on what happens elsewhere this weekend. Also wanted to mention that Saturday is Stampeders' annual Pink Power Game to help raise awareness and funds to battle against women's cancers. Uh, Limited edition pink merchandise, ball caps, sunglasses with a case featuring the Stampeders logo will be available to purchase outside all gates, the Stamp Store, and at Stamp House from noon until kickoff or while supplies last. The items are on sale for $20 each with proceeds going to Wellspring, Alberta, a nonprofit organization consisting of a network of community-based centers offering cancer support programs and services. As well, the East Fan Zone, it's going to be packed. Uh, It'll be starting up at noon, two hours before kickoff. The first 1,000 fans in attendance will be able to collect the latest of the limited edition Stampeders Position Group posters. This week, the spotlight is on the Red and Whites running back group, so Kadeem Kerr. Dietrich Mills, Levante Bellamy, they're all going to be on that poster. Also in the fan zone, they'll have Stampeders signing autographs, face painting, visit from the Stamps Outriders, Yard Games, Live DJ, the Bouncy Cancels, and a whole lot more. Friday morning, we'll get the final depth charts, and the team will hold a walkthrough tomorrow as well. With your Stamps report, I'm Patty Dumas. Thank you, Patty. Appreciate that. Stamps and Alouettes, 2 p.m. kickoff Saturday. At McMahon Stadium, we'll have our final Stamps Report of the Week on Friday. Last piece of business to get to at the end of the show on Wednesday. We've got Taylor to give us some Kevin BGO predictions. Her favorite Jays player. Important to the Jays. 6-1 win against the Yankees. But how did Taylor do? 
with her predictions, our other producer Cam put together a little montage to see just how well Taylor did yesterday. Well, you know, he's going to get a walk because that's just one of the guarantees in life. Okay. And Biggio draws the walk. Going to get a hit and is going to score a couple runs. Ball four and another run will come in. The fifth walk of the inning and it's now three to nothing. So not bad. Almost not bad at it all. It was the it was the runs that tripped you up. You got one. No, it was the hit. Or hits, thank you. Got one hit. Not when you did say a couple runs. Yeah, so we had to give it the So having five hundred. You got two walks, which is good. You did strike out twice, which is not so good. Okay, but did you see the strike zone? Yeah, it was embarrassing. You were very close. You did well. Jays and Yankees got to finish out this series tonight. Jose Barrios is on the mound. Another 505 first pitch. Vladdy's his knee is discomforted. It's not good. Get him out of there. So Kevin Biggio batting third in the lineup. He's at second base tonight. Batting 233 on the season. 59 hits, nine home runs, 35 RBIs. Can't put this in stone, remember. It's already rolling, buddy. Taylor, on this Thursday night matchup, what are we going to get from Kevin Biggio? Well, I already have the stats pulled up, so you don't need to wait for that. Um, Here's the thing. Against Garrett Cole, two-thirds of his hits are home runs, um, but he has never had one in Yankee Stadium. Hmm. So, you know what? I think I'm going to go. He's getting on base three times. Wow. And he's getting at least one RBI. On base three times. So we, we don't care how he gets on base. We're not going to. We're no. moneyballing it. He gets on base. Taylor has taken a step, step. See, this is Taylor being smart. She's figured out that she doesn't have to tell us walks or hits. She just says in general, he's getting on base three times. She still winds up being correct. Right? So, on base, how many times? Three of them. Three of them. And a hit, you said? An RBI. An RBI. Okay. I like it. That's the line. 505 first pitch, Barrios v. Cole. Listen to it right here on Sportsnet 960 or watch on the Sportsnet television and network. And make sure you're checking in on Friday's edition of the show to see how Taylor's predictions worked out. Thank you to my outstanding producers Cam and Taylor for their great work on this Thursday. Thank you for listening live or on the podcast. Appreciate it as always. Day one of On Ice sessions are in the books for the Calgary Flames. Heard from plenty of different members of the Flames including head coach Ryan Huska, Elias Lindholm, Jacob Markstrom and more. Find all of that on the podcast wherever you get your favorite pod. Google, Amazon, Spotify. Your favorite podcatcher. The podcasts go up minutes after Every hour finishes here on Sportsnet 960. Flamestock is next. You can keep it locked right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.